for last week that have started us off to give a very good definition. And today, I want to en- encourage us to continue to look at the Word of God and let the, lo- let the Lord bless us. So let- I'd like us to bow our heads together. I encourage you to pray. Pray that God will speak to you. If you're tired, ask the Lord for strength. And give you, ask the Lord to give you a hunger that today, Lord, speak to me from your word. Father, I want to thank you once again we can come into your presence to ponder your word. I pray that God, you will bless us and may you continue to just guide us and help us, Father, to be alert, to hunger after your word. And I pray that you will speak to us this afternoon. Anoint me, Father, give me your strength too. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Pastor Jonathan, last week... uh, did something that normally we do not do. He, like, he asked us to talk to one another. And I, and I agree with him that's something that is important because this is a very difficult time to preach. 12 noon, very difficult. Very difficult. I need, I need a lot of energy first to, 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 to express God's word and then to make sure you all keep awake and able to uh, en- engage you all so that you can learn the most. So, I want to try out something and I encourage you to talk just to um, help you to engage together. Just turn to your neighbor and, and just recap. What, how would you define um, integrity? Last week we talked about how do you in, define integrity? Okay. If you can remember last week, if you are not here, make a guess. Okay, just in case you, you come from a background or you come from a, a, a particular uh, past that think, hey, a particular way of doing things. In Sunday morning worship service, normally we do not talk. By the way, if you look at the New Testament, the synagogue time when Jesus was teaching or Paul teaching, there was a lot of conversation going on. There was a lot of Q&A discussion. So this discussion will help us to, to engage and I, I hope that we can, can learn uh, to keep us awake so that we have... We can able to remember, we can remember what God has taught us. A simple definition I want to just put forward to you, it is about integrity, it's a consistency between your actions as well as your claim uh, values. The values that you claim in your heart, there's consistency. And today we want to talk about that. It's the key word is consistency. What's the opposite of integrity? I would say hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is when what you say when you claim that this is something that you value and your action does not match. Okay, does not match. This is out there will see hypocrisy. Why do we need to uphold or talk about integrity? Why? Because our God is a God of integrity. God does not change. Neither does He lie. God is always consistent. He can be trusted. And we worship a God that is integrity. Whatever He says, He will do it. And God and the Holy Spirit that lives within us. And we can reflect that particular character of God to be men and women of integrity. At the same time, another reason why we should be men and women of integrity, because it's, you're, going to be, you're going to benefit a lot from your relationship as people realize that you can be trusted in your relationship, in your workplace, in the school life, as well as your personal well-being. Uh, a man of integrity, a woman of integrity, will giving, give you great satisfactions. So our God is a God of integrity and we have to reflect Him and it's going to be good for us. That's why we are covering this topic about integrity. And today we are talking about cultivating endurance. What's the relationship between integrity and endurance? What's the relationship? Uh, later, I mean, 
What's the what's relationship between, uh, between integrity and endurance? You see, our integrity will be regularly tested. In other words, we'll face a lot of temptation and pressure to compromise. To compromise. When we say something or we commit to something, there'll be a lot of pressure to say that maybe I just go for a slightly easier way or maybe I can just stop here. Or we take the easier way out. And therefore, we need to cultivate the endurance to maintain the integrities. And, and we are not in this journey alone. God is within us. The, the Godhead, Trinity, Spirit is empowering us. The Lord Jesus Christ, He making all, making His, His grace and mercy available for us as well as the whole God the Father are ever ready to encourage us. And talking about endurance, I, I know there's... Um, some, some of us are runners here. Okay? Those who run marathon, I know, tripping, tripping. You're not ready. Uh, he was leading worship in, earlier. He, he runs marathon and then a few others who run marathon here. And it takes a lot. It's the, to win a marathon is not about the fastest or the swiftest, but who getting off the block, but who can bring, go all the way to the end, and it's very important for, to do that. I, I, though I did not run any marathon, <laughs> but when I was younger, <laughs> I used to run a longer distance in Batpahat. Uh, we have a mini marathon around the town. Uh, we have a chance to, to run around, and I, it was a difficult race. But what kept me going was uh, having some friends to run alongside with me, and we pace together and remind each other not to give up. Yes the next 100 meter, yes, the next 100 meter, yes, the next 100 meter. It requires a lot of endurance. And this message today, I want to share with you about endurance. It's something that um, the Lord is reminding me to to maintain as a very crucial uh, value in my life, as a very crucial character to help me. And I believe God has a message for all of us here. Maybe some of you today, you have made certain stand as a Christian, certain moral values. You want to maintain your honesty. And then you find right now the pressure is tremendous, either from your peers or from your boss or from the surrounding. It's hard to maintain that Christian stand that you have. You feel like wavering. Or maybe some of you have withstand some unhealthy relationship. You're saying no, no, but the pressure is getting higher. Very tempted to say, ah, yeah. Just give up. Just say yes. Some of you may be trying to offer forgiveness. People have offended you. And you want to continue to be gracious, to give forgiveness. But deep in your heart, there's a desire to want to take revenge. And you find the pressure is very difficult. And for others, maybe you have started in a commit yourself in a particular ministry, particular work. And the going gets tough and tough. Tougher and tougher. The commitments get higher and higher. You feel like quitting. Either in a church ministry or maybe in a project or assignment given to you in your work as well as in your school. Or maybe there is a vision or a dream God has planted in your heart to fulfill it. But you see that the progress is slow, that you're not making much progress. Maybe you want to just give up that dream. Or maybe a particular promise God helped you to claim. But God's fulfilling that promise, it's slow coming. And you feel like maybe it's time for me to just give in, to take the easy way out. I want to encourage you. Today I felt that the Lord wants us to endure and hang on. Endure and hang on. God has a message for you today. Endure and hang on. What is endurance? Let me give you the definitions here. It is the ability to withstand hardship and adversity especially the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. In other words, we can withstand the hardship and to sustain it despite the prolonged stressful uh, activity. And that is what endurance. And I want to talk about this. As I look at the Bible, I ask myself, which particular book that talks about endurance? Do you know which book talks about endurance, perseverance? There's one book that specifically addresses particular need. That is the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews. The author of Hebrews 
recognize that the people of God is under tremendous pressure to compromise, maybe to give up, to go back to Judaism because of a lot of persecution, because a lot of pressure from the society, from the fellow Jews, as well as from the authorities. Some of them have been put into prison. They find it difficult to maintain the Christian life. They want to give up or they want to slow down and do something easier. But the author of Hebrew encouraged them, encouraged them. Hang on, hang on. First, he talks about the superiority of Jesus Christ, how Jesus Christ is so much better. Then talk about all the great rewards if you were to hang on. And also, here and there, it talks about the consequences of giving up. And then he climaxed in chapter 13 on this uh, picture of a race. So I'd like us to turn to Hebrew chapter 13. Hebrew 13. There is a typo there. Uh, There's a mistake on the transparency. No, transparency, sorry. On the PowerPoint. <laughs> sorry, I was back, back in <laughs> the transparency days. <laughs> okay, Hebrew chapter 13, not chapter 3, chapter 13. <clears throat> Let me read to you. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that he, you will not grow weary or lose heart. I think I also, I think it's Hebrew chapter 12. Sorry, sorry. Hebrew chapter 12. So I want to share with you three principles that we can learn from this passage here. How to cultivate endurance. How to cultivate endurance. The first principle is about focusing on the rewards or the end goals. Focusing on the rewards. Why you want to maintain endurance, why you want to hang on. There is a reason. That is for the rewards or for the end goals. Let's look at the Lord Jesus Christ. His example there. He said, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. Jesus Christ focused on that end result the, the reward there, the result is what, is what the particular joy. It's hard to endure without having that end goal in mind and that motivations, we need it. And that's what the Lord Jesus Christ also, how He endured is because of that particular joy. He's looking forward for that joy. My question is, what is this joy? What is this joy that Jesus Christ is looking forward? That at the end of His race, He knows that He can have it. What is this joy? This joy, I believe, is the affirming pleasure of God the Father. Receiving Jesus Christ back and Jesus Christ having accomplished the will of God. As He accomplished the will of God, He sees the pleasure of the Father, the joy of the Father, and the joy of seeing something done. That's one, one part of the joy. I believe there's also a second part there in, in Jude chapter 24 where He presents all the believers before the fathers, all the believers as redeemed people, and seeing all of us here restore back to the image of God, redeem. That's the joy, the joy of presenting us before the Father and the, seeing the joy of the Father, having obeyed the Father. That is the joy before the Lord Jesus Christ. And he focused on that joy, no matter how hard, how difficult. He was able to enjoy, uh, he will endure it. In the same way for us, some of us, we want to maintain a particular Christian stand, Christian integrity, certain moral values, because you are a holy child of God. And some of us have committed to particular work. And what will keep us going is to remember the joy of the Father, that as you obey and accomplish the work of the Father and seeing the joy in our Father's face. As human beings, 
We all seek to please our own earthly fathers, earthly parents, fathers and mothers, right? No matter how old you are, we love to see the delight in our parents' face, correct? When they give you the disapproving look, even though you say that uh, it doesn't matter, but deep in your heart, you don't feel good. But when you see the delight, when you, when you hear your own parents saying that I'm proud of you, that gives you the sense, a great sense of satisfaction, a great sense of um, a joy, I would say. And we love to please our parents all the more beside our earthly parents. The, seeing the joy of our Heavenly Father, it's even greater even greater. I hope that that become, that joy become your motivations. Why you persevere in your work? Why you persevere in your Christian character? Why you persevere in some of the things that you uphold that the Lord encourage you to uphold? And remember the reward. This is the, the, the eternal reward that you can have in the future. But immediate also, we need to look for, remind ourselves, why are we maintaining some of this, um, why are we enduring you can look forward, look forward also for some immediate rewards. Like some of you who are doing certain work, certain ministry, the reward of seeing their work accomplished. Accomplished. And for you, maintaining the character, the godly character, and you see the reward of people trusting you. And some of you trusting God for a dream, a vision, seeing that vision become a reality or the promise God's fulfilling and see a breakthrough. And it's worthwhile to focus on these rewards, whether immediate here on earth or in the future in heaven. And that will help you. I remember, uh, I remember interacting with some of my friends, those who are into dieting <clears throat> or into exercise. They like to put a picture of their ideal weight or someone of the ideal to serve as a motivation. Some of them put it in a fridge, some of them put it in a, in a, in a, in a mirror, about a particular desired outcome, why they're going to endure all the hardship of saying no to their favorite food. And that served as a motivation, that served as a reminder. But in the meanwhile, some of them, I, I remember talking to one of my um, classmates, recently I'm taking a part-time course, some classmate, she was saying that, oh, every time I get onto the weighing machine, as I see the drop of even... Uh, uh, reductions of even 50 gram, it gives me great sense of joy. <laughs> 50 gram. Tomorrow, 100 gram. Little by little. But if you weigh every day, add together, you'll see one kg gone. <laughs> to her, this was an accomplishment. That helped her. And, that's, and I encourage her, sometimes we forget why are we enduring it for. First, I want to remind you, just like the Lord Jesus Christ, the joy of our Heavenly Father. Seeing that we have done what He has called us to do, as well as we are maintaining the godly character. And also remind ourselves about the immediate rewards that we can get while on earth if we continue to hang on. These are important things. But the book of Hebrews, just as a side note, the book of Hebrews don't just talk about rewards. Okay, the book of Hebrews also talk about the consequences. Consequences. If you don't hang on, there is dire consequences. And you remind yourself also, as much as you want to focus on reward, also sometimes we want to remind ourselves, what's the consequences if I were to give in? My, our character might be tarnished. Or we may not get the immediate reward that we desire. Or our past accomplishment, all the past progress may just go down to waste. So I encourage us, to cultivate this value of endurance. Focus on the rewards. Secondly, is to expect hardship as well as setbacks. Next. It's not going to be easy. As much as you want to see the rewards, but the going can be tough. Let's look again at Hebrew chapter 12. Verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfect perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. The cross. He endured the cross, despising the shame. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. Consider him who endured such hostility by sinners against him. So that you will not grow weary and lose heart. 
the road that we're going to travel here is going to be, it's not going to be easy. Expect it. Because if you don't expect it, when it comes, it sounds like, oh, I didn't know it's going to be so difficult. But if you have a mindset that this is going to happen, because the Lord Jesus Christ has set the example. If you look at the cross, the cross, it is a tough, tough, it's a pinnacle of human suffering as well as divine suffering. If you look at the cross, the punishment of the cross, the Roman, they are very cruel. They have various ways of execution. Why they choose the cross as one of the, 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 one of the most cruel ways? Why? Do you know why? Because of the slow death. You hang there. Slowly you will die. Slowly, slowly. Because you are required to push up and then you breathe and then you go down again. It is a very torturous kind of death. And the Lord Jesus Christ suffered that human suffering as well as the divine suffering where he separated from the Father. And even in his ministry, he was, there was rejections by the people. And then deserted by the disciples. And at the Garden of Gethsemane, when he prayed, blood and, and water, no, sorry, blood was, uh, came down his sweat. It was like drops of blood. There was in great agony. Expect hardship. Apostle Paul also said the same thing. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Next slide. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets involved in civilian affairs. He wants to please his commanding officer. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete, he does not receive the victor's crown unless he competes according to the rules. The hard-working farmer should be the first to receive a share of crops. Reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all this. Three examples. Soldier, he denier of personal desire in order to please his commanding officer. Secondly, athlete, he restrict himself to the rules to compete so that he can win. Thirdly, farmer, he endure hardship and he is the first one to receive the share of the crops. And even the Apostle Paul, he also endured difficult time, even though the Lord had given him a command to preach the gospel. I was reading through now um, the, the book of Acts, and, and our library have this particular DVD uh, called uh, Life of Paul and Peter. Do you know who acted as Paul? Do you know who acted as Paul? Um, suddenly, it just slipped my mind. Okay. <laughs> uh, guy, Silence of the Lamb. The guy who acted Silence of the Lamb. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. It's a great actor. And he acted uh, Saul or Paul. And I was watching through the video. It, it again helped me to remember the tremendous uh, pressure, the hardship that he had to, he had to go through. And as I read, read through the book of Acts, if you look at the book of Acts in his missionary journey, it's always follow a particular pattern. Starts with preaching. Secondly, there will be fruits. Thirdly, guarantee there will be oppositions. And then he'll be kicked out of the place. he move on to another city. This pattern follow. Preaching, fruits, opposition. Preaching, fruits, oppositions. He went through tremendous hardship. But he endured. And to a point of time that it was very, very difficult. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he wrote this. Next slide. See, yes, it was difficult. But what kept him going was the treasure within. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 to 11. We have this treasure from God. But we are like clay jars that hold the treasure. This shows the great power is from God, not from us. We have troubles all around us, but we are not defeated. We do not know what to do, but we do but we do not give up the hope of living. We were persecuted, but God does not leave us. We are hurt sometimes, but we are not destroyed. We carry the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the life of Jesus can also be seen in our bodies. We are alive, but for Jesus, we are always in danger of death so that the life of Christ, or life of Jesus, can be seen in our bodies that die. When Paul faced these hardships 
and these setbacks, these sufferings, what kept him going were two things. First, he focused on the power of God within us. Within us. The treasure within there is a power. Secondly, he began to see the positive. He had pos- proper perspective. Yes, there were travel, the troubles all around, but he claimed that we are still not defeated yet. We do not know what to do. Yes, but we do not give up. We are persecuted. Yes, God has not left, left us. We are hurt, but we are not totally destroyed. He did not deny what was happening. He accepted it, but he focused on the positive part. He focused on the power and focused on the positive part. And sometimes, as we endure, as we run the race, we can get soft if we want to take the path of least resistance. But let me tell you, in reality, you and I, as human beings, we are resilient people. We are resilient people. As I observe, as I... Uh, watch documentary and I observe people, even the most, the, the people, they are most lazy. Certain part character of them, they are still very resilient. God has created us in the image of God. We are very tough people. There is power within because you have created the image of God. And moreover, we have the Holy Spirit within us. We can hang on. We can hang on. Expect the hardship. Focus on the power as well as be positive. All of us would have heard about Thomas Edison, correct? He created the light bulb and yeah, we have probably have heard the story about how he, he failed in his experiment for probably 1,000 or, or, or several thousand times and he came back and said he found out one, a, a few thousand ways why it should not be done. He was very positive in his thinking. But I want to share with you today a, a story that was written by his son, Thomas Edison's son, <clears throat> about his father and his key quality of endurance. He didn't just invite and invented the light bulb. He also invented storage batteries, talking pictures, which today we call movies, and even microphone. Not with yeah, microphone. These are all part of his inventions. <clears throat> he refused to do, to be discouraged. Refused to give up. And his his son told a story when December 1914, you know, during the winter time, his father had devoted ten years of research and experiment into a particular kind of battery called nickel-iron-alkali storage battery. But he has not been very successful. And the work is very costly. Financially, he was strained to the limit. On one particular evening, someone shouted, fire, fire, fire. And fire companies from eight surrounding towns came to try to put out the fire, but because the, the heat was so intense and the, and the water pressure was so low, they could not put out the fire. Everything was destroyed. So the son was looking around for his father. Where is Thomas Edison? Where is Mr. Edison? Was he safe? Maybe he was broken in the spirit. Maybe he couldn't, uh, uh, he couldn't pick, up, pick himself out again. He was mourning somewhere. He was at that time 67 years old. And finally, while he was thinking about this, he saw his father in the distance. The father was running towards him. And his father said this, Son, where is your mother? Go, get her. And ask your mother to bring as many friends as possible. So if I were Thomas Edison, when I see my house and all the accomplishments destroyed by fire, I'll probably be mourning somewhere. But you know why he called his wife and his wife friends? This is what he said. They will never see a fire as great as this one. He was asking his wife and his friend to watch the fire that burned over all his things. Look at how positive it is. He said, if you don't enjoy this fire, you'll never have this kind of great fire anymore. Come, enjoy the fire. Enjoy watching that fire. Because he realized that morning is not going to bring all the things back again. And the next morning, long before the sun came down, he contacted all his employees. He assembled them all together and he made an announcement. We are rebuilding. And then after that, he began to ask someone to please lease some of the machine shops, lease particular whacking crane from the railroad in order to whack down some of the buildings so that they can rebuild. And almost as as an afterthought, he said, by the way, does anyone know where are we going to get any money? And then later he explained, we can always build, we can always make capital out of disasters. 
we have just cleared out a bunch of old rubbish. We will build bigger and better on the ruins. And after that, he just curled up and then he fell asleep. That's uh, Thomas Edison. I hope that you can become like, you, you'll be like me, uh, inspired by uh, the records about uh, uh, this story about Mr. Thomas Edison. And we have many biblical examples too of people who are hard-pressed. Who are hard-pressed. Maybe today, you felt hard-pressed. Your resources are running dry. Financially, time, strength, mentally, you felt that, eh, it's, the going is very tough. I hope that you can learn the example of the Lord Jesus Christ, of Paul, of Thomas Edison, to focus on the power of God within, the treasure, as well as focus on the positive. Instead of looking at the ruin, he looked at the fire. Focus on the positive, to have proper perspective, and that will help us to hang on. So first, focus on the end goals or the rewards. Secondly, mentally prepared for hardship. It will come. It will come. And thirdly, get support from friends. This race, we are not to run alone. Back to Hebrews chapter 12 again. Look at the author. Since we, you and I, have a great cloud of witnesses, we are not alone, surrounding us. Let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin that so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You and I, we are not alone. First, the book of Hebrew reminds us that they are past saints, past heroes of faith. They are right now in heaven. They are cheering us on. They have run the race. Yes, some of them fell, but they get up again. Some of them have completed the race. We also have heroes of faith in our church too. Brothers and sisters who have before us, they are cheering us on. We are not alone. These are encouraging things that we need to remember. It can be done. It can be done. And we are not alone. And as I talk about hero of faith, I'm reminded of this building. This building, God has provided for us this building. Do you know this building? Those of you, next, next year we are celebrating 130th year of anniversary and we are celebrating the 30th anniversary of, uh, I think, of this place, how we, 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 we moved here. <clears throat> 30 years ago, when we, when we moved into this building, God provided for us. You know who are the people at that time? The congregation size, if I'm not wrong, probably this size. And most of them are young adults. Half of them are university students or still studying. The other half just came out in their 20s. And yet, together they trusted the Lord. They raised up millions to build, to buy this land and build this place. These are heroes of faith for us. And encouragement not just about people far away or people ahead of us, but also people beside us beside our presence, friend. That's why in Hebrews, I think, let me give the, the next passage. Next slide. He encouraged us to think of ways to motivate one another. Let us think of ways to motivate one another. By acts of love and good works, let us not neglect meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. In other words, we are not supposed to, no, no need to just uh, do it alone. You and I, we have the support of people. And here, if you look carefully, think of ways. Some version put consider. It requires effort. Not to neglect, it requires commitment. And encouragement, we require us to really motivate one another. We need friends. In the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 4, it said this, two people, next slide, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one falls, one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, 
two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one, how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better. For a triple braided cord is not easily broken. It's a reminder that we need friends together. Um, recently, I was reading through the newspaper and I read a, a, a sad story and yet inspiring about a Malaysian. About a, a Malaysian is, uh, her name is Tan Hui Lin. That's her on the right. <clears throat> sad thing happened uh, in 2009, October. Her father was suffering from uh, schizophrenia. And then one night, uh, she and her mother were sleeping. And the father, I think, was not okay. Took a bottle of acid and then splashed on two of them, both of them. After 10 hours, uh, the mother died. And for herself, she suffered sustained 60% um, burn on the face, and uh, as well as upper torso. This, this was before, this is after, after the various operations. And here was an 18-year-old girl, later on, become, uh, when the news was reported, it was 19. She was declared as uh, legally blind on, on the right-hand side. She had undergone four surgery procedures. But she was taking an SPM. SPM is an equivalent of uh, O-level. O level, and she said she had to study. She forced herself to study until 4 a.m., 3 a.m., 4 a.m. Even with a limited vision, she persevered on. She said she sometimes could only sleep a few hours. I have to double up my effort, she said, because of my condition. I was unable to sleep if I could not finish my revision, but my eyes sometimes tear up and be became so blurred that I could not continue my revision. I had to sleep a few hours before I could continue. And she persevered on. And when the result came out, it was a big surprise. In, in Malaysia, in, uh, we are a bit kiasu. When we take O-level, we take 9 to 10 subjects. I don't know, in Singapore, do you take so many subjects? We, we, we took a lot of subjects. And she scored 9 distinctions. 9 distinctions out of 10. And, they, and she got 9 A's as well as 1 B. Despite the trauma in her heart. Emotional trauma, physical trauma. She persevered on. And this is what she said. My family and friends were the ones who encouraged me. She did not do it alone. Her mother died. Her father was still in prison. Later on, she forgave the father. She was brought in by her uncle. These are the family members, as well as the friends who stood by her to encourage her. And she did it, not alone, but with friends. You and I too. We may not go through life challenge as tough as Tan Huilin. Might be certain setback, certain suffering. But remember your friends beside you. We need the support. Some of you, <clears throat> some of you may have already some good friends. Thank God for that. Some, we do not have good friends yet. But we need them. We need our friends to hold us accountable when we slack. We need our friends to encourage us when we feel like giving up. We need our friends to remind us about the end goal so that we don't lose sight. And good friends are hard to come by. Some, some people will say, that, hey, I cannot find good friends in this church. Yes, they might require some chemistry. However, it also requires lots of effort to make good friends. And I want to encourage you, we're going to have a series about friendship uh, next year to remind us. But today, I want to mention just a few points. It requires time and effort to cultivate friendships. And with that friendship available, I encourage us to be real, to be open, so that mutual encouragements can take place. You can be those friends to your friend. Good friend that will help your friend to, to endure, to sustain. And don't just sit around and wait. It will not happen. Seek, cultivate, make time for your friends. We are not into, in this journey alone. How to cultivate endurance? First, focus on the reward. Why are you doing this? Secondly, mentally prepared for hardship and setback. 
There is power within you. As well as focus on the positive, proper perspective. And get support from a few good friends. Today, I felt this burden that maybe some of you are going through something that you want to say, maybe I want to go slow or maybe I want to give up or maybe I just do the easier way out. Could be your integrity, your Christian character. You want to do the right thing. You find it very difficult. It might be saying no to an unedifying relationship. You find it hard to keep on saying no. It might be pressure to compromise. The Lord's word today to you is to hang on. It could be a ministry a work that you have committed to do. But the going is tougher than you think. And you want to say, maybe I should just change. The Lord say, hang on. There's strength available. It might be participation in a particular group. They say that, hey, this is too high a commitment. I cannot. God said, don't give up. Could be a vision. Could be a promise that you have been waiting to see it fulfilled. God's encouragement today is to hang on. Endure. The end is coming. The end is coming. And this is my encouragement to you today. And later on, I want to invite the, the musicians to come forward to have a... I want to give an altar call for those of you. Today, the Lord has spoken to you. And you want to say, Lord, I want to hang on. I want to persevere. You are talking to me today. I want to, I want to um, recommit again to main to endure or to hang on. If that's your desire, to want to recommit, to hang on, I encourage you to come forward. We will pray with you. We will pray with you. So that's my challenge to you. Today, the Lord's speaking to you that you want to hang on, to recommit, to persevere. I encourage you to do so. I want to give you some time just between you and the Lord. I believe the Lord has spoken to you. It could be a stand, a particular Christian stand. It could be a work or ministry. could be a certain choice. But today, today, the Lord's word to you is to endure. To hang on. Let us recommit to the Lord again. And those of you who would like to recommit, I encourage you to come forward. We will pray with you. Let us rise as we sing this song together. Again, the altar is open.
sing again, I invite you. If you want to recommit again, certain decisions in your life, certain desires, certain commitment that you want to endure, hang on, I invite you to come forward and we can pray with you. As we continue to worship the Lord, the altar is open. of us may be fighting our temptations and you feel like just giving in. There's a time the Lord say, hang on. Our particular promise that God has given to you that you see it's not coming true. Lord say, endure. Keep on believing. I'm going to just give us some time just between you and the Lord. Or if you have known of someone who is at the brim of giving up, you can also take this time to intercede for that person.
Lord, you said in your word, you have not given us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, of self-discipline. And we claim, Lord, this power, this love, this self-discipline, this strength from within, Father, the Holy Spirit for us. We claim it, Lord. We thank you. And we thank you also for your word that says, if we die with you, we will also live with you. If we endure, we will reign with you. If we disown you, you will also disown us. If we are faithless, you will remain faithful. Because Lord, you cannot disown yourself. We thank you for this. And Lord, today I thank you for your reminder for the example of the Lord Jesus Christ who endured all the way to the end. And he experienced your joy, the joy, affirming joy of the Father. And we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray also for ourselves or the people that we are praying for that God, we will not give up easily. But we will press on. When difficulty comes, we will press on. We will, you will bring us a few good men and women to come alongside that we can run together. That we are not doing this alone. Therefore, Father, we pray that we will cling on to your promises. Thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Depart us, Lord, with your blessing and your reminder. Thank you in Jesus' most precious name. Amen, amen.